My deep appreciation of theater history was instilled in me by Tom Empey, a college mentor to me and hundreds of others. While teaching Greek theater terms, he would grab the fabric of his slacks and say, You see these pants? Euripides, Eumenides making light of content that could be considered rather dry and stuffy while still maintaining respect for the art, which is what I want to do with this podcast. For each episode, I invite a guest from the many paths my theater career has taken me down. I give my guests no idea what we'll be talking about, but they know we're going to find an outrageous story about theater history and perhaps get a better understanding about why we're still doing it after all these years. So welcome to Euripides Humanities, and I am your host, Aaron Odom. Friends and listeners, this is Aaron Odom from Trident Theater in Sheridan, Wyoming, coming to you again with another episode of Euripides Humanities, a theater history podcast. I have something of an interesting little episode here for you today. I have three guests on the show today, and one of them is a returning guest from episode eight. You may remember her, Jenny Reed, who had a great time discussing the incident at Astor Place. Hello, Jenny. Hello, Aaron. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Thanks for coming back. And as a very special treat, we have our kids with us today. Jenny's daughter, Izzy. Hi, Izzy. Hi. And my son, Ethan. Hello, Ethan. Hello. Hey. Now... I brought you all here today as something of a suggestion from Ethan, who's very interested in a certain topic that we all might be kind of interested in. Now, as you probably know, I don't really like to give away what we're talking about, so we're going to just not talk about that right away, but I've got to bring up kind of a sensitive subject. As of today's recording, it has been two days since legendary composer Stephen Sondheim passed away. Yeah. And both of you are really, really interested in musicals, right? Like, you both like them, right? Yes, of now, course. One of Ethan's favorite musicals, yeah. and I might say, is this your favorite musical, Ethan? Yes. Is Sweeney Todd. Okay? And Ethan, you're how old now? Uh, ten. You're ten. You'll be turning eleven in a few weeks. Oh, I do have to mention we kind of have a fifth guest on the show. My dog Biscuit, who is a Belgian Malinois mix and has seen Jenny once and Izzy never, uh, and is climbing directly into Jenny's lap right now. Uh, a Belgian Malinois is kind of the size of a Labrador, so you can imagine how much fun that is. Um, and Jenny, yeah, yeah she's a sweetheart. She just wants somebody to snuggle with. And she thinks she's a lap dog. Anyway. Back to Sweeney Todd. Izzy, what's your favorite musical? I don't think I have one. No? Okay. If, if you had one that you're like, it's on my mind right now, like I'm, I, 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 I think about it, uh, s- it multiple times a day, sing it. Into the Woods. Into the Woods right now? Okay. Okay. And that's interesting because the three of us were in a production of Into the Woods yep. about a year ago. So, yeah. And Ethan really kind of fell for that one too when uh, he came to see it. Really enjoyed that. And we talked about how that was also Written by Stephen Sondheim. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here we are talking about these things. And I got to say that some parents 
not you, <laughs> not your parents here in this room, yeah. might think that those choices for favorite musicals might be a little unusual. Yeah. <laughs> well, even, I mean, tell them your other ones, too. Oh, yeah. Hamilton. Okay, okay. So you're into Hamilton. Okay. Hades Town. Right. Yeah, Hades yeah. Town. Okay. Left number 10. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Sounds knows nice. Hamilton pretty well, yeah. too. So, yep, we're all kind of on board there. But these are shows that. Maybe not Hamilton so much right now, even though... Okay, I'm I'm, going to take a step back here. All right. (laughs) These are shows that have faced some level of censorship or just plain old, we're going to cancel it if we hear it's coming. Yeah. And why do you think that would be? Let's let's start with Sweeney Todd. What's the bit? What's... Okay. (laughs) Sweeney Todd is about a man who he was a barber and a judge thought his wife was pretty cute. So he did everything he could to get Sweeney Todd out of the picture, sent him to Australia for 15 years. Prison colony. Yep. Yep. He just turned into a koala bear. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a little bit different musical. Maybe more cuddly, maybe not as censored. Yes, we don't know how he escaped, so maybe he's... Interesting. But but tell me the rest of the story. When he gets to London, he becomes who? He becomes Sweeney Todd. Right, because his former life, he was Benjamin Barker. Yes. So what is Sweeney Todd bent on doing? Uh, murdering Judge Turpin. Right, to get revenge, revenge, right? He gets an opportunity to do it. He totally does. And and I'm sorry, gang, spoilers. I'm going to tell you, you know, if at the end of the first act, he has the opportunity and it doesn't happen. So then what yes. happens, Ethan? He uh, turned people into human meat pies. There it is. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Izzy hasn't, Izzy hasn't seen this one yet. I haven't introduced... Stop, Biscuit. I haven't introduced this one yet to her, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Ethan heard the music. I told him the story, and he goes, I kind of want to see this. She had the same... Mm-hmm. We just had, I, When we were talking about musicals and different things, Izzy had the same reaction to the story. I was yeah. like, oh, can I watch that? And I'm like, well, I have to find it. Because I would like her to see... I usually like her to see stage adaptations before any film adaptations. Right, right, right. Or, you know, even around those. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we haven't... She hasn't, but yeah, it'd probably be right up her alley. Right, too. <laughs> right, right. But I found out that that is, according to, um, let me see, the uh, Educational uh, Theater Association. So Sweeney Todd is actually one of the plays that gets banned by high schools and colleges. Well, doesn't more it because frequently. more blood and Gore. murder mm-hmm. and stuff and right. uh, meat pie humans. Well, yeah, there's a whole song <laughs> about the meat pie. Literally, and it's one of my favorite songs. Oh, great. Literally, <laughs> so you great. But it doesn't, don't you think that happens? I think what's interesting with Sondheim's passing mm-hmm. is so many of Sondheim's musicals do get edited or banned. Ooh, yeah. Because even Into the Woods, which appears on the outset to be this fairy tale. Right, right. In most high school performances, ends at the first act with all the happy endings. Well, actually, um, and I'm not calling them out on this, Musical Theater International, the publishing company for that, they have the the straight, the, the, the... unedited version and then they have the and junior right, version exactly and I think that's the one that gets done more often yeah. than not in like high school or college setting um, is, but it ends at the end of the first act yeah when everything ends happily the baker and the baker's wife have a baby the Cinderella gets mm-hmm. married Congrats. you know glitter Grandma. kittens <laughs> I don't know about kittens um, <laughs> but anyway yeah and it completely glosses over the 
moral of that story mm. of like you know sometimes when you get your happily ever after you still have a lot of life to live and is it always happily ever after I mean, the baker's wife goes off and has a little naughty time with uh, with uh, the prince, and he basically admits that hey, he's not there to be uh, moral and upstanding. He was trained to be charming. And Sondheim's so good at writing those conundrums, the mm-hmm. Sweeney Todd. You know, what does revenge get you? Right, um, right, exactly. What does unrequited love do to your psyche? Right. And I mean, I, I, revenge I, gets you redemption. Does it? Does it? Okay. Yes. Sometimes it does. Okay. okay. So let's say at let's say at the end of the first act, you get emptiness once you take all the revenge you have. You get emptiness. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. So like, you're, like your soul is not there anymore. Oh wow. So is that is that that's, that that like makes... you've outlived your purpose if you drive yourself with revenge. Oh. Outlived your purpose once you've done what you want. It's deep, man. <laughs> Which is not really the definition of what redemption is. Redemption is wholeness, finding mm-hmm. your soul and finding your purpose. Mm-hmm. So that they definitely they work against each other. And if you follow down that path of revenge, mm-hmm. I think you can, you're really so onto like something. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. So I mean, let's let's take it from a couple different hypothetical <clears throat> situations. If Sweeney Todd would have actually killed Judge Turpin at the end of Act 2, or at end of Act 1. He met his purpose. What's the rest of his life worth? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing, you say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't think that he, he should. He doesn't deserve to live anymore. Okay, so I now think that's I've, what I've, I've met my thought. purpose. And, and now I'm my purpose. Pretty so sure. with that musical, you've got, you know, because his daughter, he finally comes across. Right. That's the whole second act. <gasps> mm-hmm. Yeah. He has a baby daughter before he's shipped off to Australia. What? And she doesn't remember him. Nope. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He, she's kind of like the saving grace, mm-hmm. but he has to recognize it. Mm-hmm. And without him stopping, if he had finished killing Judge Turbin, that would not have happened. Right. Because that's where that, that happens later. Mm-hmm. The same thing, well, spoiler alert again, <laughs> is his wife Gone. What? Ooh. I haven't seen this okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now she's like really, oh, good. Well, that's okay. That's That's what we're doing when we go home. Yeah, okay. So I kind of want to move on to some different (laughs) topics here, though, um, because this whole idea of like watering down a show to protect the innocence, I guess, or protect certain values that might be coming into question. Let me ask you kids, what is appropriate for you to see or not see? Ow. <laughs> I mean, I mean you, your parents are you're sitting here in the room, okay? And we're not, we're not like, you know, hey, tell us what you've seen. <laughs> but many horrible things. <laughs> I wish I could unsee. Like, I am totally fine with seeing gore and blood. Okay. Same. Like, okay. I'm fine with meat paste going everywhere. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Okay. Now another another common theme might be language. Okay, like yes. strong language, like adult yes. language. Okay, uh, you know vulgarities or swearing. Or so something. have you experienced what is what is your tolerance level then, Izzy? What is your what do you see as what should you not see and what because what are some of your favorite things right now? Rated R movies. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean Hamilton. You know. Uh, 
huge, the first song. Huge deal for Hamilton was to get streaming on Disney Plus. And they even edited some of that. There were a few F-bombs they had to take out of there. <laughs> some of them muted over and everything, but it's it's part of the song. Mother Southern, Southern Democrats. Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How, how do you feel about that, Izzy? Like, it, I mean, do you, do you think that not hearing that word made you less aware of that word? Sort of, sort of not. Okay, and Ethan, you've seen it too, so like, it was, it just kind of like, it was just a word that was used, right? My mom has said that so many times to so many movies. That, why is it there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In some cases. In yeah. some cases, why is it there? Mm-hmm. But another example of why it needs to be there is one of your favorite shows. Oh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> most people, and most, well, that's, yep. that's a perfect example. One of her mm-hmm. favorite movies is Tag. Okay. Same okay. thing. So it's not musicals, old. but it's that content right. of the language. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and what's funny is usually in a musical setting, they're so minimal. Mm-hmm. Even some of the more avant-garde pushing ones. I mean, she's listened to Rent. That content, I think a lot of parents would maybe find way more difficult to say because you're looking at censoring big yeah. big big chunks of information right. other than a word here a word there right right whereas right. like i think that's one of the reasons why sondheim's musicals sweeney todd specifically and a little night music mm-hmm. secondarily right get right. really really frowned upon for multi-generational audiences you know Take your kid to see Peter Pan. Okay, so to there's speak. A, you know what I'm well, saying? Uh, there's a cookie jar we just opened up. Oh, well, my that's exactly word. my point. I would say, obviously, show by show, we need to take our chances. Uh, yeah. You know, we obviously need to make sure that we're keeping everybody safe and secure and everything. However, let's look at some of these that are considered more safe. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say, let's look at some Disney musicals. And I'm not saying that I don't enjoy these. But, but I'm saying you can see Lion King or um, Peter Pan uh, playing on the TVs in like Cinderella. doctors and dentists' offices. Yeah, Cinderella, <laughs> Sleeping Beauty, the Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid. Ugh. Okay, so let's let's talk about what happens here. You uh, you obviously have you have your protagonist who's got some little bit of a problem, but then you've got some shady antagonist. Okay, let's talk about Lion King and Scar. The live action movie is so freaky. Yeah, it is kind of freaky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But here you've got somebody who just feels he was passed over and, like Sweeney Todd, feels he needs his revenge. And what that's why he killed Mufasa. Mm-hmm. But it's also sibling rivalry. Yeah. And the oldest, you know, and then he okay. to kill Simba yeah. and work out. Okay. Right. <laughs> Get himself killed. Got himself it's killed. Suicide. Right? Right? <laughs> Kamikaze. Okay. What happened in Little Mermaid? You have this naive little headstrong girl who goes to a witch who has been banished from the kingdom for witchcraft. Mm, Salem. Mm. Uh And at the end, killed. Yeah. Masked through the heart. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sleeping Beauty, Maleficent, killed. Snow White, the queen witch, killed. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Gaston killed. killed. <laughs> he deserved yeah. it. He, he deserved it. That cartoon. And I was like, he died. I did not remember that. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. did. I mean, it is na- that whole scene is like. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm. So we're okay with that death. <clears throat> yes. No, and parent, parental death. <laughs> parental death. Mm-hmm. 
almost, well, let's see, all of them. <laughs> yep. With the exception of Mulan. Yes. Ah. Both parents. Mm-hmm. Died? No, right. still alive. Oh, wait, the dad almost died. Though. The dad is injured and cannot go and has been called to battle, which is why she replaces him so that he doesn't, because she knows if he goes off, he will die. So she decides to sacrifice herself. But that whole legend, that's a whole different, that's a whole different podcast yep. about Mulan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and so the missteps that Disney has made. No. So we could talk about this in a lot of different ways. And I'll be honest, like, you know, just about every show is representative of its time. Some of them become classics because they speak to uh, different times as time goes on. However. Shakespeare. Okay, yeah, Shakespeare, Shakespeare. I she mean, just is starting to learn mm-hmm. in school, like in school, in classes, she's actually starting to yeah, study. Yeah, my teacher's some. using sayings from Shakespeare. Ah, now. okay. Hamlet, Romeo and Juliet, things like that. Which, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so traumatizing. <laughs> okay, why? Why is it traumatizing? Because the, the man poisoned himself when he found out that his love of his life killed herself. Right, that's how. But she heard. wasn't dead. I know, but she wasn't dead. But then she killed herself anyway because he was dead. Wait, hey. Romeo and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh wait, that's not Hamlet. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, no, we were talking about Hamlet. We, yeah, we were talking okay. about Hamlet because everybody dies. Okay. But it's why do we deem that appropriate? Oh now, hold on. Hold on. I directed a, a, a production of Romeo and Juliet about 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, you did. At the and, high school. And I, I'll be honest, I took a lot of the stuff that was inherently naughty out of it. Because Shakespeare is inherently naughty. Yeah, there's some there's some yuckies. Um, but, but, there's some beyond yuckies, let's be honest. But even the stuff that I kept in, I got complaints from administrators who were like, I didn't realize. <laughs> Do that, you not remember freshman English? That, uh, Romeo and Juliet was so X-rated. And it went, X-rated. Okay, we have a very different opinion <laughs> on what X-rated might be. <laughs> Usually, X-rated to me means there's a lot of flesh that children usually shouldn't see. That didn't happen on my stage. However, I read an interesting article from uh, WBUR in Boston. There's a theater called the Boston Children's Theater, and they did a production of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's (gasps) Whoa! Yeah, yeah. And and it's my understanding that these kids are somewhere between, like, ages 12 to, to 18. So this is a pretty heavy material. It takes place in an, in an insane asylum, basically. Okay. And the, the nurse is basically... Cuckoo? She's, she's just mean. Yeah. Mentally? And then to the patients, yes. Mm-hmm. The patients themselves are mentally broken in many cases. Lots of mental trauma mm-hmm. that these patients... Like, serious things. And then there's also death. There's suicide. Mm-hmm. There's mur- Is there... Uh, Doesn't Chief... Uh, uh, spoilers, yes. Chief does have to smother McMurphy. Well, McMurphy, yeah. Mm-hmm. After he's gotten shock treatment. And he's not really himself anymore. No, he's basically... And they lobotomize another patient, I think, yeah. too. Which is, they literally cut your brain out. Mm-hmm. To try to fix... Well, quote, 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 a fix part of it. You. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, in this... Uh, in this uh, <laughs> production of uh, uh, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest at the Boston Children's Theater... Uh, an actor was briefly nude on stage. And I think it was like, you know, you're getting into the institution for the first time and they have to like de-louse you or whatever that. Uh, So it's just showing what people have to go through. They also had some flack over their presentation of 1984 
which is a, a novel that's turned into a play. And it's basically about how you are not allowed as people to have free thought. The government tells you everything that you can think. Mm-hmm. Now that is physically impossible. Well, <laughs> mentally impossible. Mm-hmm. But physically, maybe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's just... That's, wow. That boggles your mind a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can very think very almost whatever you can think, mm-hmm. but then the government telling you you have to think this certain thing, that is hard to do. Mm-hmm. And they don't they don't know if you've broken the rule or not. Like, so. you can totally make theories up. Mm-hmm. So you can't have anyone tell you what to do. Okay. So, if you make a theory crazy enough <laughs> to make yourself think that, you are completely insane. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Ethan's always finding a way around the rules. Okay. Um, but... The controversy surrounding it, uh, that production, was mainly about the subject matter and the idea that you're training your kids how to fight for their free thought. Now, there was a term that came out of this uh, article that I thought was really fascinating as a concept, and it is the notion of adultism. And a direct quote from the article here just basically says, it is the system of adults deciding what is best for children without input from children themselves. So it's kind of like that, do as we say. Mm-hmm. And- you just got to trust me. This is bad for you. Is it though? <laughs> <laughs> There's a tagline. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, so I, I think what I want to do is there are a couple shows that I know, like I, I would think of them right away, that I would be like, nope, not until you're older. <laughs> um, and one of those is The Book of Mormon. Yes. Okay. Amazing, smart musical. Brilliantly put together, but it is actively about challenging faith structures and some very, very adult things that happen to people, particularly women, in African countries sometimes. Okay? Mm. Definitely not stuff for a 12-year-old or a 10-year-old. Still, I guarantee you, it's a great musical. It's fantastic. And probably should be and hilarious. And I bet there would be some people out there who would be like, Hades Town? You like Hades Town? That's about a trip through hell, isn't it? Literally. Yes. No. <laughs> Send me right away. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. But let's go through some I'll of these. I want to defeat Satan himself. <laughs> Let's go through some of these that might not have aged so well. (laughs) Okay? Yeah. I I would say that when people are considering what musicals to do that might be generally appropriate and that might attract a larger crowd, they look more towards the old classics. One I'll start with is one that started like the golden age of Broadway, Oklahoma. (laughs) Okay? Wonderful music, beautifully crafted. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it on this show several times. Uh, I think in my one, in my episode twenty or twenty one, if you go back and listen to it, it's called Snippets from Richard. He talks about the craftsmanship of how do you paint a sunrise with musical notes. I have no idea. Oh, okay. what a beautiful morning! Yes, exactly. And without even seeing it or being there, you are placed there. Mm-hmm. It is a gorgeous way to make some music. Here's the plot. Oh no. Two cowboys try to get with a girl. Lovely. That's it. Why? 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 Just why? Because. Because, because that's why. That's what they're <laughs> Tell me. There's no reason. 
married. They're supposed mm-hmm. to be with the girl. They're supposed. There's a whole song by a secondary character about mm-hmm. she can't say no. Yeah. What's your next one? Because I got one on next the one? top of my head. Okay. So I found this uh, uh, web, <laughs> this article online on a site called Ravishly uh, <laughs> that says twelve classic musicals ranked by degrees of sexism. Yeah. Fun. For you. For one. Okay. Fun. So, yeah, from one to ten, one being this is utterly sexist. Men are are apes and women are just meant to be, uh, you know, prizes to be won. And, and yeah, okay. So, Oklahoma, yes, uh, I think it got a one. Um, <laughs> Number one. So, ranking them like one to five? Uh, one to ten, I oh, would say, oh, yeah. One okay. One to twelve. Um, Let's see. Uh, how about Jesus Christ Superstar? What? <clears throat> that's what you, what yeah, you saw part of that actually mm-hmm. with what? me. Mm-hmm. That's the one where. Um... And they did a live version, a uh, live concert version yeah. a couple years ago with John Legend as Jesus Christ Superstar. It was that so one's sexist? Really... Interesting. Well, you know why? Because of Mary Magdalene. And how many other female characters? Well, there's none. Okay. Oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm just I mean, trying to, I mean, just, the overtness is where I'm trying to pull from, I guess. And frankly, like, her whole thing is a beautiful ballad oh, called gorgeous. I Don't Know How to Love Him. And the website, or the article says, look, if you need to know how to love him, he's probably not that into you. Whoa. Which is true. <laughs> Which is true. Whoa. Um, it's one of those interesting ones. See, what's interesting is that when that came out, I loved, like, not when it came oh, out. Yeah. I was old, when I discovered it when I was in grade school. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I remember they were talking about doing the movie version <laughs> or doing an upgraded version. I don't remember, but my parents caught wind of it. Mm-hmm. And it was not because of sexism right. but it was another conversation like book of mormon a faith question oh, oh yeah 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 that okay. that became so that's an interesting take on that i, mm-hmm. I mean i get it i love that song with mary magdalene it's one of my favorites oh yeah it's beautiful it's the same thing i mean send in the clowns mm-hmm. yep west side story coming out as a movie version here yeah. within a month i want to see uh, that with it's you it's absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant another there, song there's song. actually two versions of it mhm mhm now on a level of sexism it's, Sorry. It, it, it's frankly, it's the Romeo and Juliet story again. Yes. It is. It is. It is. It's just Romeo and Juliet in more mm-hmm. modern time. Right? Yeah. And I think that when Juliet doesn't die. Do have interesting <laughs> Oh, wait, Juliet dies? Yeah. Romeo oh. does? She doesn't. But her oh. life is basically over. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Of love trauma. We'll have to we'll have to watch it sometime. <laughs> yeah. But you do have the song, this great song for women about I'm actually going to get out of the shadow of the man just a little bit. I'm going to come up here to America. I'm going to be an American and not be looked down on just for my gender or my race. Um, she, Anita gives a great line when. In the movie, when they do it, Rita Moreno's character, Anita, they're coming down from the America song. The guys are getting ready to go have their counsel for the rumble. Right. And he's like, wait up for me. I need to eat a bubble. Basically directing her as the man, little girl, little woman, stay home for me, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I'm an American girl now. I don't wait. Right. And it's my, it's my yes. favorite line in the whole show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is that, you know, on the stage version, the girls sing that to the other girls. Yeah, but the, but I love how they changed that in the movie with the guys being involved because it is it's a very very different flavor and feel. Right. And right. the social commentary is interesting that it's not about the I mean, 
the girls are arm candy to the gang mm-hmm. members. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, I mean, there is the very famous scene where Anita is assaulted. Absolutely. At Doc's. And, and it's so hard to watch. It, it is so, so... Yeah. It was hard to see. I've been in that show. It was... Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, My Fair Lady. <laughs> Another one I love, but is so wrong. But is absolutely sexist by the end of it. So misogynistic like, mm-hmm. that it's not even... Like, yep. It's all about the man doing everything, and mm-hmm. she is just there to follow along. Right. And even at the end of it, it drives me crazy when Rex Harrison, she finally comes back and he's like, haha, I win. And then she gets his slippers for yeah. him. I'm like, come on. Uh-huh. Yep. But okay. I still love it. Now, here's another interesting one that I'm going to talk about on another level. But in sexism, yeah, you can kind of see a little bit of this. This one, I think, let's see, it got a score of seven. So it's higher up there in understanding uh, individual uh, feminism and stuff like that. Better. Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, okay. So, um, no, can we actually talk okay. about something I know? <laughs> okay. So, Fiddler on the Roof takes place in 1905 in the Russian village of Anatevka, but it is primarily a Jewish village. Okay. Now, this was at a time when, uh, and it was before the Russian Revolution, so it wasn't a communist country yet. This was when you just had people going through villages and ridding them of the Jews. That, that, oh, it's Holocaust all over again. It was before. Oh, it was even before the Holocaust. It was before. It was oh, the it's the before it's, Holocaust. It's like now. <laughs> it's like the, the turn of the century, like around the 1900s. It's, was oh. Hitler's soul no. came from hell and just... <laughs> just Jumping he was barely bo- talking. I'm not around. done yeah. yet. Yeah. He wasn't even walking yet. Well, yeah. he might have been walking, but yeah. meant like two. Okay. Now, it all takes place around the family of uh, the man named Tevya, who is a milkman. Okay. And he has several daughters. The man and, of oh, milk. Mm-hmm. The man made of milk. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> at one point, the oldest sister comes in and reminds them all that the best they can hope for is a fat old drunk that beats them on the daily. Whoa. Because they have to get married. There's no other mm-hmm. option for them to have a home, a life, money at all. Mm-hmm. They have to get married because they cannot own property. They cannot operate a business. Their they job. They can't vote. They can't. They can't, they can't do anything. That's yeah. sad. Mm-hmm. Wait, because they're the race. They're women. Because of their gender. Uh, because of their their mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. And that's just how that society ran. Mm-hmm. But boy, we like to see that one every now and then. Mm-hmm. It's got great music and dance numbers. Why? <laughs> and then the whole thing ends. When they leave on a Tevka, they don't. They have to leave their home. They cannot stay. They are uh-huh. forced They're out. Forced out. One daughter leaves to go with the man that she loves in Siberia because that's where they put mm-hmm. him into prison. So she's gonna go join him and get married. Yeah. Whoa. In Siberia yep. and never see her family again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Huh. Good for her. Oh my God! That's <laughs> amazing. It's sad. You know, we have these shows right now that are being banned or carefully scrutinized for certain things, and I think they are forgetting where some of these other musicals that have been given the pass frequently have uh, have come from. One of them being Bye Bye Birdie. Fun show, great music, great numbers, all about the 50s, okay? And it basically centers around the uh, town of Sweet Apple, Ohio and, the, and its residents, and there is a radio contest. And there's this famous rock star named Conrad Birdie. And whoever wins this contest, it's all for girls, 
gets, gets to kiss, kiss him. him before he goes off to serve in the army. Yeah. So she gets to win a kiss to send him off. And then a young teenage girl wins this prize mm-hmm. and she's becoming a girl, a woman. And it's like, it's so messed up. And then Ro- <laughs> it's one of my favorites, but right. it is a, the, the Rosie, when she sings at the, there's, mm-hmm. oh God. If Michael Jackson was just here now and they were having a rodeo. <laughs> they did that in Sheridan. Remember yep. with Prince. Prince. Prince has been to Sheridan. Who? Prince. Hey. The, 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 he's the, no longer, he died a, a few, few years, years ago. ago. Yeah. He was a very, very famous Finally, artist and he did a movie. And they did the movie, but somebody won a contest in Sheridan, from Sheridan, to have him come and do the movie premiere. And then he took her to the movie mm-hmm. as his date. Yeah. Oh, that, that is Sheridan. so sweet. Was it? But, oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, but it isn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Because it's. Sure. I mean, mm-hmm. why couldn't a guy win it? Oh, yeah, that's true. Go on a date with Prince. That's Ted. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? And Prince was notorious for being overtly romantic. I'll say it that way. He almost had an always, uh, like, just a see-through right, na- right in his buttocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah his right, costumes so. were pretty fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I can that Back to musicals. Um, let's talk about one that gets produced time and time again, and I just, I, I think it's because it turned into a movie that is, like, everybody's favorite. Grease. <laughs> Where were French fries made? In Greece. Okay, kind of a cute thing right at the beginning. No! No, you don't think so? Like, So, uh, you you kids, you haven't seen it yet? You don't know? I don't know what you're talking about. Good. I know what Grease is. <laughs> but so I Greece, know what Grease is. Grease was written in the 70s, but... Uh, written about the 1950s and it's about these two high school kids who meet each other over the summer and they don't they have a little summer romance and don't realize that they're going to end up at the same high school when they go back to school that fall lovely yeah yeah he's got to keep his like tough guy image she is she's got really really good manners she's very well spoken she dresses nicely and is very yes very well behaved and everything but the kind of girls that might be interesting to somebody like Danny Zuko. He's a greaser. He's he's a gang, kind of like a, a suit sort of gang. Yeah. Remember? A motorcycle c- yeah, gang. Yeah, they wear leather jackets. Yeah. They're, They're the, the bad boys. Come get some. And she's yeah. a good girl. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. Okay. So the wow. whole thing is this is this fight between them through the whole thing of like, do I compromise myself to be something that you need or what? Do I change for mm-hmm. you? Oh, and guess who does? Sandy. Sandy, the girl. At the well, end of the Well, he wore a letterman's jacket yeah, sweater for a little bit. Nice. But, I mean, there are a lot of other, like, really heavily involved things here. Now, you two are a little bit young to be dealing with stuff like this yet, but there are issues like teenage pregnancy and, and what to do in those kind of situations. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it's some heavy stuff that, hey... Because it's fun and poppy music, and there's that uh, summertime love song. Which is the worst. <laughs> Tell me more, Jen. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear that song, I'm like, it, it, it is the quint, to me, that is the quintessential song for what exactly we're talking about. The girls are all like, like, does he have a car? 
And then the boy's response, did you get very far? Like, yep. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just like, oh. <laughs> no, he made fun splashing around, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It's just bad. And I didn't know half of the innuendo when I first watched it when I was probably not much older than Izzy. <laughs> And right. was scarred for life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, my mom was appalled that I saw it. She's like, do you know what that means? And I'm like, no, don't mm-hmm. tell me. And then she did, and I was scarred more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is your mom horrible? I don't care. Because <laughs> she never I mean, she, One of the gifts that she's given me is the fact that there, you know, it's something that we do. It's like when there what is something do? that we... T- need to talk about we talk about it so when you come to me and it makes her uncomfortable sometimes makes me uncomfortable sometimes oh it does yeah a little bit oh I never knew that uh, but yeah. at the same time it's it must be you know, executed there is there is an interesting boundary as to case by case how old are you what's appropriate what could you handle what right. am I even as a parent prepared to talk about right right because exactly. you know there's a few things I'm not prepared to talk about no no and that's just it <laughs> that's just it now here I'm gonna I'm gonna segue again a little bit into okay so we have all these classic plays that now are collecting dust and they are showing their age and they are not meeting the times. What's good anymore? I don't know. Probably not people murdering each other. Oh no! Ah, oh, I love murders. No? I mean, okay. Do you honestly think? Let's go back to Sweeney Todd then. Do you think that Sweeney Todd is something that would actually happen in real life? Probably. Yeah. It could. It could. It could. But, yeah. like, it's a one in a billion chance. Okay, so... Uh, s- s- unlikely. But. Unlikely. Okay. okay. It's so, very unlikely, but still possible. possible. But okay. we still get outstanding light comic opera music. Mm-hmm. We get wonderful characters that actors get really, really, really wonderful opportunities to play so many levels in these characters. Oh, Mrs. Lovett. I mean, so uh, Toby, Toby uh, 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 Pirelli. Uh, they're just even, some... even. Is it Jude? What's her his daughter's name? Uh, uh, Joanna. 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 Mm-hmm. I want to say Judith, and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Joanna. Joanna. I mean, even her song, the, uh, the Finch. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, it's heartbreaking. It's it absolutely is heartbreaking. Awfully wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just gorgeously mm-hmm. tragic. So, can we overlook the murder and the meat pies just to enjoy a little bit? Yes! Sounds very weird and awkward and right? gross and no thank you. Okay, alright. You, you probably, but think about it. Like, would you, the, the scene in Hamilton that bothers you probably the most, which is the one with Mariah Reynolds. Mm. No. No? The one that bothers me in the most and when they did the live, when they streamed the play was The Death of Philip. That made me cry oh, so hard. Yeah. yeah, losing your son and mm-hmm. duel and oh. Okay. But 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 you're saying that watching your hero that the play is named after having an affair with a woman that he ultimately fesses up to to save his political career, you're okay with that? Oh no, that still freaks me out. That freaks I wish you out. I wish he didn't. Every oh, time yeah. I go to bed and after watching or listening to them, I'm like, I wish he never made that stupid choice. Right. He's so right. stupid. So he's, he's a flawed stupid. character. <laughs> so he's a flawed character that gives us, as an audience, a lot to chew on. Mm-hmm. Like, we're conflicted with him somewhat. The emotional heartbreak of him and Eliza losing their son is that just is harder to watch. Yeah, than it okay. is. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I... Interesting. Uh, <laughs> I could bear to lose my brother. Uh, right, yep. 
No. Okay, now that personal, okay. mm-hmm. what you I would go through. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, I I don't want to get give people the idea that I'm obsessed with this, but <laughs> I've talked about it several times on this podcast, is Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, yeah. What? Okay. Dear Evan Hansen has been really, really popular on stage in the last several years, and a lot of people have found the music, uh, you know, something that they're constantly putting on their playlists, mainly because Ben Platt has the voice of an angel. Um, (laughs) But but that's a play about kids that are just a little bit older than you, maybe 16, 17. One of them uses his classmate's suicide to get close to a family that... He, the girl he has a crush on. The girl he has a crush on. Oh, yeah, that movie. He yeah. lies to get close. And so a lot of people right now, like especially with the movie coming out this, this past September, they're like, why are we championing this person? That's not somebody that we should look up to. It's like, why are you looking up to characters all the time anyway? Like, <laughs> not every story is a hero story. Shouldn't it be something we learn from? Yeah. And what we find out about this is this kid has like some really serious, he's got some really bad social anxiety and probably some depression. And His dad le- left their family when he was really mm-hmm. little, so he has abandonment issues. Right, right. So He's broken. It, so on, he's on the, an orphan. Well, no. Well, his, he has a mom. Right? He has a mom, but she kind of doesn't know how to mom him. Oh. There's not an instruction booklet. Like the very first song is, does anybody have a map? <laughs> show me how to do this parenting thing. And I think that's something that everybody relates to mm-hmm. on such a great level is like we don't know how to necessarily make the good or right choices all the time. Right. And having the map, having the outline would be mm-hmm. very handy. Yeah. To say, oh, this is the next step in my life. Oh, okay. Oh, my, my son uh, wrote a letter that made everybody think that he was best friends with this kid who committed suicide. What? What do no. I do? Refer to Appendix A. It would be nice. <laughs> okay. It would be nice, yeah. How about this? One of the favorite plays that gets done a lot over and over again, and we're going back to murder here, Little Shop of Horrors. <gasps> Yes, I love that I one. I started telling you uh, about that. Remember the plant that he has to feed humans to? We were listening to it. We were listening to it. Yeah, we were listening to it on the ra- on the radio, and she's like, mm-hmm. "Wait, what?" I'm like, so yeah, the plant likes blood, and <laughs> he has to feed it blood. And mm-hmm. the guy that is beating up the girl he likes, sure, is anybody gonna miss him? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Does he have a family? But let's put it in the dentist. But yeah. again, let's put it in the fifties. Again, <laughs> everything fine. And and then we can talk about it on a moral level. Now, one thing that I brought up in episode fourteen can see more be hot, where we talk extensively about Little Shop of Horrors. One thing that just recently happened was the off Broadway production that's running right now with Jeremy Jordan. No, it's not anymore. <gasps> what? He got recast. He did. With an actor of Filipino descent. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Which I think That's adds a whole different whole, dimension totally. to that thing, but still tells the same story, which is really cool. Now, I want to wrap this up. I will say this. I think I have found, uh, at least for me anyway, the direction I, I would like to take my shows in the next couple of years. I just did the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and people loved it. 
because it gave them a chance to find a safe haven for people who felt like them or acted like them or dressed like them or had gender identity, uh, you know, things that were not within traditional, uh, you know, mores and morals and stuff. They had a ball. I did another show, which is a musical theater review that played all over the world. We talked about how uh, now local theater can be a global event by streaming. So we had people watch that show from all over the country, and it was accessible all over the world. And now we're having all kinds of theater and any kind of performing arts doing the same thing. It's available all over the world. We're able to share it with each other. Everybody has had a different experience of the COVID pandemic. Almost none of them have been positive. I think for the next little while, our culture needs to remember how to find joy again. Mm-hmm. Yep. So one show I am really strongly looking at is Legally Blonde, the musical. <laughs> Wait, you're blonde illegally? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that is the best movie. Right? Here's, here's the plot for you, Ethan. Sounds like you haven't heard of it. It's about a young California girl from Malibu named Elle Woods who went to college in UCLA to study, study fashion marketing. <coughs> merchandising. Her, merchandising. Thank you. Merchandising. Merchandising. And her boyfriend... Is Warner. Warner. Is uh, going to go to law school Warner at Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> but before he goes to law school at Harvard, Elle thinks... He's going to propose marriage to her, and they're going to ride off into the sunset together. He breaks up with her instead, and says she needs to be more. He needs to get more serious. She needs to be more serious. She goes to her sorority sisters, and she doesn't know what to do. And then she gets so convinced. Broken. Yeah, she gets convinced. Well, I'll just go to Harvard Law School, and gets in. Huh? Yeah, and, she's. Mm. And she's more. Does okay, but she doesn't necessarily fit the mold, even though she is completely capable of being a Harvard level uh, law student. Yeah. It's a great story. The that music is sus. Yeah, it's. It, but it's. We'll have to watch it sometime because it is really funny. So There's fun. a lot of heart. The music is really great. The only concern I have is that there are some things that are a little racy in it. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, there are some times when women are being very body positive and going, I know what I have is very sexy. Or I know that I can shake my booty and it feels awesome and people are enjoying it. But also that it's not always the answer. No. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and and end of the day, it, it, it's fun. That's an idea. And theater artists, I would put that challenge to you out there who might be listening. Yes, we have the rest of our lives to do heavy-minded, deep material. Maybe now's not the time. (laughs) Maybe for the next little while, we just need to remember how to feel joy at the theater again. Well, kiddos, thank you so much for enjoying this episode. I hope, did we come to any good conclusions or anything? We've basically figured out that sometimes maybe we don't need to be too worried about shows sometimes I suppose and that maybe oh my god we didn't even talk about Peter Pan I know we opened the can and then we didn't even dive in that's okay I'm gonna save that for another another episode I think because the next episode the maybe it's coming up it's coming up the story of the writing of of Peter Pan is very strange (laughs) (laughs) and 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 like a man like I've seen the other version of Peter Pan not like Mm -hmm. the original Mm -hmm. I've seen where he grows up and 
Oh, oh Hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that movie that is... Mm-hmm. I've seen that mm-hmm. one. It's the exact same Peter Pan, mm-hmm. but he's just grown up. Yeah. But the story of how the book, the, the play was written is oh. very interesting. They made a movie about that, too, mm-hmm. which they took quite a few liberties to make it much less awkward. And turned it into a musical as well. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. But one of the <laughs> concepts in that that I think is so interesting, especially for kids doing it, is running away can solve your problems. And... It actually can't. And male authority figures obviously need to be tortured. And eaten by alligators. Mm-hmm. Or crocodiles. Whoa, okay. It That's what actually, Hush, yeah. yeah. It was actually the very first time, the very first actor who played that suggested that he also play the darling kid's father. Yeah. And that's how it, be- it has become tradition since then that yeah. the it's double cast. The t- yeah, the dad is always then Hook. Mm-hmm. Think about what that says about father figures. I can never look at my dad the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Just, sorry. For let's you. hope your dad never gets that nice. Uh, you know, waxed mustache. Yes, please. That would be traumatizing for life. (laughs) All right. Well, awesome. Jenny, Izzy, Ethan, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This, I think we had a lot of really cool things talked about here. And for my listeners out there, thank you for sticking around with us. This is Aaron Odom with another episode of Euripides Humanities, a theater history podcast. We'll get back to you in another couple weeks and I will see you at intermission.